you know, I was thinking about, we sing these Christmas carols and, and everything. I, I remember uh, when we were younger, there used to be an old song, and then most of you uh, won't remember this song, but there was a song called Bringing in the Sheaves. Anybody remember that? And sheaves were, you know, you know groups of uh, stalks of, uh, of uh, wheat that they would wrap together and get a whole bunch of it, a shock of it. And, and, and so, but I remember my kids singing, why is that song about, about laundry? Because they thought it was bringing in the sheets. You know, so that's back in the day when people used to hang sheets outside. So we're bringing in the sheets, bringing in the sheets. You know, we come rejoicing, bringing in the sheets. And some, uh, you know, uh, there were also, you know, at this time we sing, you know, Little Town of Bethlehem. And uh, there's that chorus in there around yon virgin, you know. Well, I remember hearing one of the kids singing brown round virgin. So that was probably true. So, you know, so it was probably brown and a little bit round. But uh, anyway, so brown round virgin. I want to take, uh, I want to talk this morning about the name of Jesus. And I want to take you, I'm going to, I am going to do something I never do. And that's use a lot of scripture. No. Uh, But I, you know, I really don't care what I think, but I would like to know what the Word of God says. And so I, I base my, you know, I know some people preach a whole sermon, and I've done it on one verse. Today, uh, I've got a lot, but I'm gonna, I want to make a point, and I'm just going to, I'm going to preach to you today and, and talk to you about the name of Jesus. So if you'll begin with me, we're going to put them all up on the screen, uh, and we're going to go fast, Brandon, so uh, you listen quick. And I have respect for Danny's up in the balcony waving at me. No, Pastor, not that fast. Okay, but uh, he's trying to translate, and uh, Joelle, told me I keep going too fast, but I will try to keep it slow, but as best I can. Put, put up the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and... Uh, uh, This is the story of the birth of Jesus. And it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had an idea to put her away, I mean, to divorce her quietly. And... uh, But after he'd considered that, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, you son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. The King James says his name shall be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, and he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus says, you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That word, if you've been in this church for any length of time, is the Greek word sozo, and it means to make whole, to deliver, to heal, 
to make alive forever from the penalty of their sins. This is the true significance, Jesus, because he will sozo his people from their sins. He will be Emmanuel, God with us. God is stepping into his creation. He overrides his natural law and sends a miracle into the world by, his, by the spirit of the living God and, and impregnates a young girl with a spirit of God and she gives birth to a child. And God said in his word, if we've seen the son, we've seen the father. And if God before us, he's Emmanuel, God with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? In Luke chapter 2, verse 21, on the eighth day, they take Jesus to the temple and they circumcise the child because that's what you do when you're a Jew. Eight days after the child, the boy is born, they're circumcised. And when they brought him to the priest and he asked what his name was, he didn't say Zion Carson. He said, Yahshua. Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. Joshua, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. And the world says, well, what's in a name? A rose by any other color, a poinsettia, doesn't smell, looks pretty. It's, but it's, you could call it a rose, but it would still look nice. But in the case of Jesus, a name is everything. The name is everything. It matters and in verse 21, you know, Mary had pondered all of these things in her heart for that nine months and eight days that she had, <laughs> that was her pregnancy and the delivery and now the circumcision of her son. And he brought, they brought him to the temple to fulfill the requirement of the law, but Jesus came to override the law. His name is Savior. He is God who is salvation. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the Son of the Most High, the Son of God. In, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, his name shall be called Wonderful. I didn't give that to you. Don't worry about it. Counselor. Wonderful literally means miracle. His name shall be miracle. His name shall be counselor. That is, he who is qualified to advise. The mighty God, it means El Gibor, the conquering God, the mighty warrior God, the everlasting father, the planner of eternity, the prince of peace. Who he is and what he is was all wrapped up in that one name, the name of Jesus the name of Jesus, Savior, Healer, Lord, Deliverer, Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, Beauty, Peace, Grace, Mercy, Joy, Righteousness, the Bright and Morning Star, the Day Star, the Promise and the Promises of God are all wrapped up in that one name, Jesus. The Word of God, it says in John, became flesh and lived among men. The Word has a name and the name is Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 30, after the Peter and John had been accused and, and, and threatened by the Sanhedrin there in Jerusalem for healing that, blank, that lame man at the gate, beautiful, they come back to their own people and, and they, they had a prayer meeting and, and they asked God to give them more boldness. And Lord, in fact, you know, 
Connie just said a moment ago, she was thinking about the word that just came forward a moment ago, that we need not to be concerned about being offended or offending others in the word of God that we proclaim. The disciples didn't care about offending anybody. They've been threatened with their very lives. Do you think the martyrs in this world who have paid the ultimate price for their faith, do you think they were offensive to the world? Of course they were. We can't be afraid of that. The disciples said, Lord, give us more boldness so we can proclaim your name. And Lord, in addition to that, stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, do these things. You see, Jesus' birth is significant to us. It's God's gift to mankind. But the name of Jesus only has significance because he went to the cross and he paid the price and he rose again. It's now faith in that name that's above every other name that brings men eternal life. It's, a, it's the name of Jesus that Bonke proclaimed in Africa. All the, he had a vision for a blood-washed Africa that all of Africa shall be saved. Can you imagine an entire continent? That was his vision. Lord, God said, you're thinking too small. So Bonke had a dream, and the dream was for a He saw the blood of Jesus covering the continent of Africa. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Jesus who being in the form of God, who being God, did not think it robbery who was equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. He stepped into humanity. And wherefore God has highly, I'm sorry, and found in fashion as men, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth and that the name and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He has exalted him above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee bows. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall, the song sings. You heard Bonky saying that a moment ago. Think about it, a name above every other name. What's the significance of believing that Jesus is the Son of God and having faith in the name of God? Because when we believe in him, when we believe in Jesus, we believe in everything that he is. Do you understand? When you say Jesus, do you understand that you're saying that? I want you to put Matthew 26 up there. Verse 62, the high priest stood at it. And when he was being in trial before he's going to the cross, the high priest was asking him, are you not going to answer? He had not said a word about this testimony these men are bringing against you. And Jesus said to them, I'm sorry, he said he was silent. The high priest said, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the anointed one, if you are the Christ, if you are the Messiah, are you the son of God? And Jesus said, you said, you have said so. But I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the son of man. That's a messianic term from the book of Daniel. 
sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Who is he? He's the son of God. Who is he? He's the son of man. Who is he? He's Jesus. Who is he? He's Emmanuel, that is God with us. Who is he? He's Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your healer. Who is he? He's Jehovah Shalom. I am the Lord, your peace. Who is he? He's Jehovah Zidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. Who is he? He's Jehovah Shammah. He's the Lord who is there. He's the Lord who is here right now. He, who is he? He's the Lord, he's Jehovah Rohi. He's the Lord, our shepherd. Who is he? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord, our provider. Who is he? He's Jehovah Nisi. He's the, he's the one whose banner over us is love. Who is he? He's El Shaddai. He's the almighty God. Who is he? His name is Jesus. He's our high priest. Hebrews 4.14 says that he has been touched. We have a great high priest who's passed on into the heavens. Jesus, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession for we don't have a high priest who can't be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like we are, but he was without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may find mercy in time of need. We can come boldly to God because we have Jesus who's our high priest. He's our intercessor. He's our interceder. He's the one who goes before us. Who's the one who made a way. He's called the way. He's called the truth. He's called the life. There's no one else. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the word of God. Revelation 9 says it this way. Verses 12 through 13, his eyes. This is how he's going to be. You know, we think of Jesus in a little, you know, out there we've got Jesus in a little nativity scene. He's in a little manger. He's a little baby. His eyes are flames of fire. On his head are many crowns, and he has a name written on his vesture and on his thigh <laughs> that no man knows but himself. He's clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called what? The Word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. <laughs> then it says in the verse 16, the same chapter, and he has written on his vesture and on his thigh his name. His name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And very soon the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Very soon, very soon. Who is he? He's the way. Who is he? He's the truth. Who is he? He's the Lord of God. He's a, who is he? He's the son of God. Who is he? He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. I heard Oral Roberts preach that sermon one time. I'll never be the same. He preached Jesus through every book, every 66 books of the Bible. Who is he? He's always there. He's right here with us. Who is he? We can have faith to believe in the name of Jesus. Why can we have faith to believe in that name? Because Matthew 28, Jesus 19, and verse 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, all authority's been given to me. Therefore, you can go. The name of Jesus. We have the power of attorney to use his name. We're called children of the Most High God. He is our brother, and God is our Father. And as such, we have authority to use the name of Jesus so we can go forth and use his name and declare to the nations that God has come and set them free. I remember, I remember Marigold Cheshire and Mike Cheshire talking one time that they went to Kenya for the very first time. And they went and they came, they, they minister among the Maasai tribe. You know, those great big tall guys that jump up and down and they're lion hunters. They hunt lions with a spear and a knife. Can you imagine? 
And every Maasai young man to prove his manhood has to kill a lion by himself when he's 13 years old. And when they came to the Maasai, the Maasai already had a knowledge, a spiritual understanding. They knew that there was a God in the heavens and they called him Big Sky. Big Sky. And they said, well, we're here to tell you that Big Sky had a son, and his name is Jesus. Now they've got a Bible called, they've got a master's commission among the Maasai with over 50 young men and women training to be pastors. And they've been there for many years, but Big Sky had a son. Let me tell you, his name is Jesus. And you know what the Maasai said to them? Why has no one told us this before? Jesus said, go in my authority and proclaim my name and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 11, it says this, believe me, Jesus said, when I say I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works that I do, verily I tell you that whoever believes in me, anybody in here a believer today, Whoever believes in me, the works that I do shall he do, and even greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, you didn't catch that. Put it back up there. If you believe in Jesus, the works that he did, you can do. Do you think Bonky was an unusual man? No, he's a man who had faith in Jesus. And the works that Jesus did, Bonky did, because he believed that Jesus is the name of God. He believed that Jesus is the Son of God. He believed that he had a power and an authority that Jesus had when he walked this earth because Jesus said, you're going to do even greater things than these. Jesus never preached to two million people at one time. Bonky did. And God is no respecter of persons. He loves you the same. He loves you the same. He said, if you ask anything, the next verse, and I will do, catch this, Whatever, say whatever. Whatever you ask in my what? Name. So that the Father can be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything. Say anything. Anything in my name and I will do it, says the Lord. Anybody but dare to believe that? I dare to believe that. I have dared all my life to believe it. And I tell you the truth, you have not yet seen what God is about to do. And Luke chapter 10, verse 17 says it this way. He says, the 72, after they'd been sent out by Jesus to go heal the sick and preach the gospel, they came back to him and they said, with joy, Lord, even the demons are subject to us by your name. Jesus said, when you go, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to speak with new tongues and you're going to do all these things in my name. And Jesus said, I was there. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I have given you that's you and me, authority, power. Exousia is the Greek word to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the work of the enemy, all the power. The enemy has power, but greater is he who's in you, Jesus says. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rather rejoice that your names are written down in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to give Jesus some crowns. I can't even imagine the party they were having in heaven last night, or night before last, when Reinhard Bonnke met Jesus face to face. Right now, we see through a glass darkly, but soon face to face. 
face to face. What did Jesus do? Well, he was dead, but then he became alive. And that same resurrection power that made him alive has made you alive. What did he do? He won the victory. He blotted out the ordinances of the law that were against you and he spoiled principalities' powers and made a show of them openly. In Ephesians chapter one, it says he's made all things to go under our feet. And it says very soon, the Old Testament says, all the things of this world become his footstool. His footstool. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says that his stripes have made us whole. They've healed us. He's carried away our sicknesses and diseases as prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. In Galatians, it says he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's made peace, it says in Colossians, for us through the blood of his cross. It says it's let us spirit in John chapter 14. He's left us his spirit so we can fulfill the function that which we're supposed to be called. In Galatians it says, it says all the fullness of the God had dwelt in him bodily. That's what he was. That's who he was. That's what he is. See, I'm saying all of this to try to get it across this morning. I'm an exhorter this morning. I want to exhort you to proclaim the name of Jesus in boldness and power without any shame, without any, any worrying about making offense. We, we have to understand what Jesus did for us at the cross, who he was and what he did in order to have faith to use his name. You can't just speak his name. The seven sons of Sceva heard about Paul preaching about Jesus and they tried to cast out a demon. They said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, we, we, we tell you to come out of this man. And the demon said, we know who Paul is and we know who Jesus is, but we don't know who you are. You cannot use the name of Jesus unless you're a believer, unless you fully, but when you use the name of Jesus, you must fully comprehend everything he's done, everything he is. You must understand what the name of Jesus represents. It's not the name of a little baby in a manger. It's the name of King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. I can't use that name without invoking everything that's involved with it. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, it's not a little prayer. It's a big prayer. It's a big prayer. We are the undefeated more than conquerors. We walk by faith and not by sight when we understand what he did because we have the authority to act on that name. His name was given before he came. You don't think God just picked that. I mean, just, oh, Jim sounds like a good name. Let's call him Jim. No, Jehovah is sozo, salvation, wholeness. It wasn't an unusual name, but it was a prophetic name. Joshua was called that. Joshua, Yeshua. But he wanted to show at one point that God stepped into his humanity. Into humanity. He became a member of our race. He belongs here with us. But we also have an assurance that he'll be back very soon, as we were singing this morning. He cares about us. He stepped into our humanity to have the feelings and understand. But when he left us, he says, I've given you something. I've given you my authority, and I give you my name. You're called by my name. My name is Jesus. All power is given to me and you can use my name with authority. And when you speak it, you speak it like it means something. It bothers me no end. When I go to, I go to Europe and I hear people who don't even, they don't even know who Jesus is, but they'll go, they'll go Christ. They'll go Jesus. 
Do you know the offense God takes at that? They don't even know what they're saying. They use it as a cuss word. And they don't even know because that, somebody told them about it. Or they, it, just, it just became, but I'm going to tell you what. When you use the name of Jesus, the demons tremble. Hell itself trembles. In Acts chapter 2, it says, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, that God has made this man Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus was his human name. Lord was his rank. And Messiah was his work. Believing on him is believing in his name. Faith in the name of Jesus and exercising that faith can change everything. Can change everything. The reason we close every prayer with in the name of Jesus is because he told us to ask anything in his name and he would do it. So we pray in Jesus' name. It's not magic. It's not a formula. It's the power that goes with the name. It shakes, as I said, it shakes hell itself to its foundation and it looses the grip of sickness, sin, and disease. It looses the grip. Even demons have to bow their knee, now their knees to the name of Jesus. Even cancer, every, every evil thing in this world has to bow its knee when you use that name. Smith Wigglesworth was an unusual guy. Most people wouldn't have liked him today. He wouldn't be tolerated in most churches. Once he punched somebody in the stomach on the, from the pulpit one morning, come out of him, devil. There was a young lady that was, they'd asked him to come pray for, and she was dying. And uh, she couldn't move a muscle totally at her, at her last breath. And that's, uh, this is her account. He said, I brought someone to see you. His name is Wigglesworth. He's going to pray for you. And out of the corner of her eye, she caught a glimpse of him, an older man with a big gray mustache and a twinkle in his eye. But he had a definite air of authority about him. And she sensed the love of Jesus in him. She said, he said to her, I know you're very weak, but if you wish to be healed and cannot lift your arm or even move anything at all, might it be possible that you could raise your finger? Something about this man, the strange air of authority, even the tone of his voice seemed to spark faith in her. Within her, she said, yes, yes, I want to be healed. I must let him know. And it tumbled through her mind. With every ounce of strength in her body she could muster, she concentrated on raising her index finger. And as the men who were gathered around the bed stared intently, they almost missed the very slightest shift up. Suddenly, in that moment, everything changed. The pain vanished. She wasn't in her bedroom anymore, but she was surrounded by countless numbers of people and glorious singing and light. And there was Jesus. Oh, how lovely he is, she thought. His face shone with a light that lit up everything. And what Mr. Fisher said, she's dead, she's dead. Her husband said, she's dead, she's dead. Life had passed. Her, his face was contorted with fear. He brought Wigglesworth, hoping that she might be healed, and now she had died. What will people think? Would they believe it was her fault? Oh, what will I do, he said. 
And while Mr. Fisher was groaning, Wigglesworth pulled back the covers, reached into the bed, pulled her out of the bed, carried her lifeless body across the room, propped it up against the wall, and there was no pulse, no breath. She was absolutely stone cold dead. He looked into her face and he sternly commanded, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this death. Mr. Fisher looked at him in amazement. Was he crazy? What was he doing? And before he could say anything, though, her whole body began to tremble. In the name of Jesus, I command you to walk. All she knew was that Jesus looked directly at her and pointed. Oh, what a beautiful time she'd had been having. But as Jesus looked at her, she knew she had to go back for the children. Jesus faded from view and suddenly she heard, in the name of Jesus, walk. She awoke to find herself walking across her bedroom floor. She felt so strong and alive. The pain was gone. The tumor had disappeared. Mr. Fisher stood with his mouth wide open, staring at her. And that night, her astonished doctor sat in the congregation and told the remarkable story. She would never forget her visit to heaven, nor her visit from the man with a twinkle in his eye and faith in the name of Jesus. There's another account where a man had died and he brought, Wigglesworth brought a number of people and they stood around the bed and held hands and all they said was Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's power in the name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And suddenly resurrection life flowed back into the man and he woke from his, from his dream, from his sleep, from his death and became alive at the mention of the name of Jesus. God takes dead things and turns it around and makes them alive. Peter understood it at the gate beautiful. He said in Acts chapter three, verse six, Peter said, look, I don't have much money. I don't have any money, but what I've got, I'm gonna give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. And we know what happened. He went walking and leaping and praising God. In verse 16, he explains to the whole crowd. He preaches. It's an opportunity for a preaching point. And he stands up and he said, look, the reason you see this man jumping and leaping around is that his name, Jesus, through faith in his name, Jesus, has made this man strong. Yes, and know the faith who's by him has given this man perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It's the name of Jesus, Peter said. It is high time for the church to stop apologizing for the gospel and start believing that his name is above every other name and start proclaiming it in victory and not in defeat. It's time to start working the works of Jesus as his extended hands in this dark and hurting world. And if we offend, I'm sorry, I love you, but, and Jesus loves you, but I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you the truth. It offends me deeply that a man we know we played golf with, I heard today, died this yesterday. He didn't understand this at all. We never had a really a chance to tell him. Well, we did. I had meant to go over to see him, and so I take it as my own personal rebuke that I didn't go see the man before he died. He was eaten up with cancer, but you know what? And I know God hasn't healed everybody I've prayed for, but you know what? If you never try, they never will be healed. We must see the world as Jesus sees them. 
with eyes of compassion for the lost and for the hurting and for the sick and diseased. You know, with, with loving eyes, see the pain and the hurt, and they're in the grip of the enemy, and they don't know the truth. But we do. And what are we going to do with the name of Jesus if we don't proclaim it to those that are dying and hurt and lost in this world? It's the only thing that will set the people free. And you and I have authority to use it. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I don't even know what that means. But I believe it. You and I are seated with him in the heavenly places. That means the enemy is under your feet. Sickness is under your feet. Death is under your feet. Pain and misery. His name is Jesus. He came to sozo his people. The demonic is under our feet. The angel told Mary to call him Jesus because he, and, and Joseph, he told, told him too, told him both. Call his name Jesus because he will make this world whole in body, soul, and spirit. In John 1, 12, he says it this way. For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that do what? Believe on that name. If you are a believer in Christ, he's given you power to be called a son of God. That means you're an heir and a joint heir of Jesus Christ to every promise he has made. In verse 18 of the same, in chapter three, he says, he that believes on him, is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Without Jesus, you're lost, but with Jesus, you have authority. With Jesus, you have the authority to use his name. With Jesus, you have access to heaven, and you're required to bring heaven to earth. His Holy Spirit dwells in you, and when we speak, his name is done. It's just as if Jesus himself spoke it, because he did. When Jesus said, anoint him with oil, and the prayer of faith spoken in my name will save the sick, then it's done. These signs must follow them who believe in his name, who have the authority of, of speaking it. He's given us all his power and all his authority. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? We must realize that what we're saying when we say his name, it's not just some little tagline to the end of a prayer. It is, in the name of Jesus, almighty God, we pray this prayer. Amen. So be it, Lord. And see every mountain moved in the, by the name of Jesus. I'll close with this. If Come up to the worship team and come back up. We sent you a Christmas card this week. Most of you probably haven't gotten it. I think we said it Friday, so you'll get it tomorrow. But there was a word that was shared in here a few weeks ago. It was from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. This is what it said. You're familiar with these. We use these verses at Christmas time all the time, but think of this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
And then the next verse says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of God will perform it. We wrote in the, as we were praying, as we were walking through Jerusalem a couple weeks ago, that word had come forward recently in the church that his kingdom was advancing. That the kingdom of God on, the, on, the, on, on Jesus' shoulders so the government of this world will rest. I know that all around us looks like turmoil and confusion. It looks like if you look at the, the news in this country, what a mess. If you look at the news in England, what a mess. If you look at the news in, in France, what a mess. If you look at the news in Saudi Arabia, what a mess. If you, look at the, if you look at the world's news, all you would say, there's a mess. But did you see those millions of people standing there shouting the name of Jesus this morning? <laughs> the government of this world will soon become the government of our king and of our Lord. It says in Revelations that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. There is a revival sweeping the world. Don't look at what you see. Look at the kingdom of God. Be a person that sees what God sees, that sees the power that's in his name that sees the souls of this world in need of a Savior whose name is Jesus. The kingdom of God is advancing. I used one time many years ago the analogy. I went to the space center one time and they were bringing one of the rockets out before a, space, before a launch and they were going to another shot to the moon. And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they have this kind of caterpillar contraption that, the rocket sits on a, on a base and there's two like tank tread things and it moves so slowly that standing next to it, you can hardly even notice that it's moving. It's almost imperceptible unless you're literally standing next to it. If you stood at a distance, you can't tell that rocket's moving. But in two days, it makes it from the preparation room to the launch pad, or maybe it's three days. But see, that's how the kingdom of God. Sometimes we look and we say, man, we're not making much headway. But I want to tell you what, nothing can stop the advancement of the government of God. It shall come to pass. And he has given us a name that's above every other name to facilitate that kingdom coming. His name is Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You speak the name of Jesus. You declare the name of Jesus. Don't you ever doubt the name of Jesus. Don't ever shy away from the name of Jesus. There is power, heaven's power in that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, maybe you're watching us online or YouTube or Vimeo or some other site, we, we just invite you this morning. If Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, you don't have access to the name of Jesus. 
But with the name of Jesus, with a prayer that's said in his name, all of heaven's resources become yours. Jesus Christ is not on the throne of your heart this morning. Maybe you served him at one time, but you're not really living for him today. Today is a day of repentance. Today is a day of salvation. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I surrender all, as Reinhard Bonnke said. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. Become my Lord. Become my Savior. And he will come in and sup with you and live with you and live in you and live through you. All you've got to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. I want you. Does anyone in this room need to say that? Lift your hand to God. Anyone online need to say that? Lift your hand to God right where you are and say, I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. Father, we pray for those who are lifting their hands. By faith, we say, Lord, hear their prayers. In the name of Jesus, recognize their hearts. Touch them and change them and radically save them, Lord. And Father, radically save us that we will not be offended by the name of Jesus, that we will not be worried about causing offense, but we'll dare to say your name in every circumstance we encounter with tact and diplomacy, of course. But Father, be not being afraid of the gospel of Christ, nor ashamed of your gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and to us as well. Father, we receive the name of Jesus. We dare to speak the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name, over cancer, over sickness, over disease, over relationships, over finances. We dare to declare the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us over our circumstances and situations, over our lives, over our families. We declare Jesus Christ is Lord and his name is the highest of the highest. His name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We proclaim you, Jesus. And everyone that agrees, say amen.